0: Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio. Now, here's a sample of today's program. God's word and God's plan is not bound by a man, it's not bound by any person. Hallelujah. It's time for us to stop blaming people. Stop blaming if they would just do this and if they would just do that. No, if you've got a word from God, if they help find, if they don't find, it will still be accomplished. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you once again for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Pursue, Overtake, and Recover All. This would be part number four, and it is subtitled, I Can't Go Back. Have you ever had situations in your life that were so traumatic, that was so horrible, that once you've gotten out of them, you've made that statement I can't go back I can't go back to that old relationship I can't go back to that job I just can't go back to that old master to that old serving ground well today we're going to talk about a young man who had that certain confession as we continue there in the life of David in the book of first Samuel the 30th chapter David meets a young Egyptian that's going to say those similar words Well, I pray that you will join me for the entire message. And remember, you can go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and hear today's message in its entirety. Download the Kingdom Rock app, become our friend on Facebook, and even subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would love to have you. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, I Can't Go Back, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, let's turn our Bibles once again, somebody knows, to the book of 1 Samuel. Very good. 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, 1 Samuel 30. And uh, this will be part number four in this series. And we've been here for quite a while now, uh, for at least four weeks now. We've been, or this is the fourth week we've been in this series of uh, Pursue, Overtake, and Recover All. Remember, that is our theme for the year. This is what uh, God is leading us to do for this year. So he's given us this foundation now as the year continues, as it goes on. You will be pursuing, you will be overtaking, and you will be what? Recovering all, recovering all. You will recover all. This is just wonderful. And we'll find out later that it's just not things that you lost. You'll be recovering a whole lot more. Abundance is coming. Much is coming. Better is coming. Yes. Are you hearing? Amen. All right, all right. All right, so uh, let's go in verse number one. And it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. Now, we've gone over this a number of times, so I won't read it all, but just in way of just a little bit of recapping. We understood that when David and his, and his men got there, the 600 men, they got back to their hometown. They found the hometown burning with fire and all their families were taken away. Their wives, their sons, their daughters taken away and uh, their tents, I'm sure, burned. Well, uh, they all were so distraught. They began to cry and weep until they had no more power, until they had no more power to weep, right? Uh, then, of course, David encouraged himself. And the Lord told him, uh, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Then the Lord told him, go ahead and pursue, overtake, recover all. You will recover all without fail, recover all. All right, so that's the word. So everybody gets up, all the 600 men get up. And then they go on the pursuit, trying to track down this enemy army. These marauders, this raider, this group of raiders, uh, this troop that has taken their families. So now they're going to recover their families Their families have been taken. Now they're going to recover also their stuff. All right, but most importantly, it's the family. And so they go out and they come to the river Bezor, and uh, they find out that 200 of the 600 men were so faint, so tired, they couldn't cross over. So David said, you guys, wait here. Take a stand here. Stay here. So 200 did, and the other 400 crossed over. And as they crossed over the Brook Bezor, they met an an Egyptian man. And of course, that was the, uh, we were there on last week. And let's go ahead and uh, pick up in verse number 11 and talk about this Egyptian man. And then we'll get into the title uh, for the day. Are you ready? And it says in verse 11, and they found, we know that these are the 400 that found this Egyptian man. And they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread uh, and he did eat and uh, they made him drink water. It sound familiar from last week? And they gave him a piece of cake uh, of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again uh, to him. For he had eaten no bread nor drunken any water three days and three nights. So we stop there. We understood here that the diet they gave him was bread, water, uh, figs, a cluster of figs, fig cakes. That is figs, dried figs that were mashed together to make a cake. And they gave him grapes or we would say raisins, right? Right. We understood that the bread talks about the word of God. We understand that the water, speaking prophetically, of course, speaking prophetically, the bread talks about the the word and the water talks about the spirit. And uh, the the cluster, or rather the uh, fig cakes talk about timing and seasons, times and seasons. Any fruit, for that matter, talks about times and seasons. And they also uh, gave him uh, to eat of the cluster of raisins raisins of course are grapes and grapes of course talk about the blood of the Lord so they gave him a a diet of the word a diet of the spirit letting him know of times and seasons and also giving him the revelation of the blood of Jesus and we understand naturally that after he had a sugar rush from the figs and the raisins he came back to life gave him a sugar rush he gave him a sugar rush Understand something. We know, too, that understanding the times that we are in and understanding God's provision concerning the blood of Christ and his forgiveness for you should also give you a rush. Should also give you a rush. If you know you have to be at work at, uh, let's say, three o'clock in the afternoon and at six o'clock in the morning. Are you in a big rush? No, no, no. You say you decide to sleep. So you sleep and you get a good sleep in. You sleep till about two o'clock. You look at your clock and you know work, it, it takes you about four to five minutes to get to work. you understanding the time. I don't think you're going to be moving slowly. Amen. Amen. Understanding the time and season makes you get on the stick. Amen. If somebody calls you when you have time, you sit there and you talk to them. But when you know you have no time, you let the phone go to voicemail. I'll call you back. I've got something to do here that is very pressing. You understand the time, you understand the season, you understand that something is about to happen, something is about to come. And surely recent events there in the Middle East tell us that we are in the time, uh, tells of times and seasons as people are being beheaded. We're right here, uh, right here. You can't get any more in the last days than we are right now. We're in the last of the last of the last days. Jesus is soon to come. And so we know because we know that Christ stands at the door, it becomes incumbent upon us to stop wasting time with trivial things and, and worries of all these trivial things. Let's just be obedient to God and forget the excuses. Are you hearing? Let me say that again. Because Christ is standing at the door, excuses needs to go out the other door and we need to be obedient to him. Let God handle the consequences. Let me say it again. Let God handle the consequences. Lord, I would obey you if I would obey you, but I would let God handle those other consequences. You just be obedient. I can't get no talk in here. Are you hearing you? We're running out of time. We are running out of time Mm. and what we're going to do. We better do it now. Hallelujah. In just a moment, we're about to step into eternity. Just a moment. The Lord is about to snatch away the church. And I refuse to have the testimony as I'm standing before him. I refuse to say these two words. If or but. I would have followed you if you'd done this. If things had lined up properly, I would have done this. If things had lined up properly, they didn't. So, you know, but I didn't do it. I refuse to be like that unfaithful steward or that evil steward uh, in Matthew 25th chapter who said, Lord, here's your talent you gave me. I wrapped up in a napkin and here it is. is. This belongs to you. I didn't do anything with it. I refuse to be that way. So let it not be said for you either. Time is wrapping up. Antichrist is on the horizon. Are you hearing? So don't allow those two words, if or but, I'll do this if you do that, God, or if things get better, I'll start serving you, that things are not good. So, you know, Lord, I'm not going to do that. You know, let's take excuses out. Because we run out of time. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. We have run out of time. Run out of time. The lion needs to step forth in you. The lion needs to step forth. We have run out of time. Time for games is over. Amen. Are you hearing? Amen. All right. So, again, they gave him the diet. He understood the bread. or rather, They gave him the diet of the, of the word of the spirit. He was made to drink the water. (laughs) He was made to drink of the spirit, but he did receive the spirit. You know, speaking prophetically, of course, again, are you hearing me? All right. And so after his spirit revives, after he comes to himself again, after he receives the right mind, because remember, he was out of his mind the word spirit here means mind. The Bible says when his spirit came to him again, or when his mind came to him again, when he was in his right mind, he understood now and knows where he is. All right. So now let's go on a little bit further today. All right. And now David is about to address him with these questions as we go to uh, verse number 15. So I pray that you're ready. To dive into that rich word, Amen. Amen. Uh, let's look at uh, actually verse number 13. we're going to start there. When the man comes to his right mind, when he comes to his senses, when he understands who he is, David begins to ask him something. As a matter of fact, in the whole chapter, David asks five questions. Five questions. All are very prophetic, and all are very important. Remember, the first one was, "Shall I pursue?" Uh, shall I pursue? Uh, will I overtake? And then there are three other questions here that are very prophetic. And I want you to hear this. So in verse 13, it says, And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? And whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me, because three days ago, or rather three days are gone, I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziglag with fire. And David said to him, uh, canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, swear unto me by God, that thou wilt neither kill me, nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. Now, we're going to really get into just these a few verses right here today, because there's so much here. Actually, actually, we could probably go uh, two weeks just in what we've just read. Isn't that exciting? Amen. Amen. I need drinks, more water. Hold on a second. <laughs> All right, this is exciting stuff. If you got water, go ahead and drink it too. All right, here we go. So let's go ahead and get into this. David's first question. Now, all of this relates to you in an effort to help you to recover. An effort, an effort to help you to pursue, overtake, and recover all. So I pray that you hear this. So let's go. David's first question was, to whom belongest thou? In other words, who owns you or who are you a slave to or who's your master? Whom belongest thou? Who's your master? I didn't say who's your daddy, but who's your master? <laughs> Are you hearing? Amen. Who's your master? Now understand something. This man represents, um, the Bible says, he said that he, as he begins to answer the question, he says that he is a man of Egypt, young man of Egypt, and that he was also a servant to an Amalekite. We know Egypt were uh, the Israelites' past enemies. Don't you remember Egypt, uh, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt, Pharaoh and all of that, Pharaoh following them hot on their trails as they're approaching the Red Sea? This man represented a past enemy, and he was also a very present one. He was servant of an Amalekite. The Amalekites are the ones that just burned up their houses, burned up their homes, and took their families. So this man was a past enemy, represented a past enemy, and also a present enemy. Amen. Double threat. Are you hearing? Yeah. How would Jesus, question, how would Christ treat an enemy? That's a double threat. How would Christ do it? Let's, just, let's bring it into modern day terms. Let's say uh, that uh, you are married and and, there is your, and you're the wife and there is the old girlfriend two old girlfriends you are married and you're the husband and and there's the old boyfriend another old boyfriend oh smackdown 2020 <laughs> double trouble here are you hearing this man represented two threats enemy of the past enemy of the past where i came from and also an enemy of the present but how does christ treat enemies I'm glad you asked that. Luke six thirty five and 36 says this, uh, but love ye your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again and your reward shall be great and uh, ye shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful. Oh, that's something there, isn't amen, it? Amen, amen. We don't like to be kind to unthankful folk, do we? That's not a characteristic of God. We don't like to be unthankful. We don't like to be kind to unthankful folk. We have some of you that serve uh, we serve professionally, waitresses and waiters. And is it easy to serve unthankful folk? No. Mm-mm. I've heard about people who work in the service industry at McDonald's. When people get their fries, their code, and throw it back at the server. I'm like, what? People really do that? <laughs> yes, they did. What? Smackdown 2020. Oh, maybe come over this counter. I was enraged to hear that people actually take their food and throw it back at the servant, throw it back in their faces. This is too cold. This is what folk really do that? But again, God is kind to the unthankful. Amen. Amen. He's kind to the unthankful uh, and to the evil, it says. Wow. God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. that almost choke you, won't it? That's right. yeah. God is kind to the unthankful and to the evil. It says, goes on to say in verse 36, be ye therefore merciful. Now Jesus is speaking here. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Amen. Don't you know God causes the sun to shine on the just as well as the unjust? He calls the rain to fall on the just as well as the unjust. Praise Jesus. Let's, let's go on a bit. So this man was a double enemy, enemy of the past and of the present. We know your folk. We know where you're from. I know you ain't nothing but trouble. And he just told him, yes, I was a part of the group that burned your house. Don't you live at what? Your, yeah, yeah. I was the one who did it. My master made me do it. But I did it. I was the one who loaded your wife and children up in the van. They took them away. Yes. Oh, really? Hmm. But the Lord is kind. Oh, my Jesus. If God waited until you were perfect to bless you, you never be blessed. But the Bible is very clear, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So God's not sitting, twiddling his thumbs, waiting for you to do stuff right to bless you. He will bless you because he loves you. Now, we may have a debate on whether to bless God if things are not going, Lord, if things would be better for me, then I'll really bless you. But that's not the character of God. That's the state of fallen man. God said, I'm going to bless you in spite of you. That's the character of God. Are you hearing me? So the question was really, who's your master? Who's Who's your master? And let's look at some definitions here uh, as we as we uh, go on to give you a full picture of this, he said to him, he said, uh, who, uh, who who are you a slave of? Who who are you a servant of? The word servant, of course, means slave. He said, I'm a, uh, I'm a servant to an Amalekite. Now the word Amalekite here in the Hebrew really is two Hebrew words. The word ish, ish means man. And um, the other word means either a man, husband, servant, champion, great man. Are you hearing me? So we can deduce that this man is a servant of a great man. He is a servant of a champion. So maybe his master was one of those big strapping guys. He had to carry his sword for him. His master was well known. But we also know that his master left him for dead on the roadside. So his master didn't tolerate a lot. So he, as he was telling David, this is what David understood at this time as a man that said, he asked David or as David asked him, who's your master? Oh, my master's a great man, but he doesn't take a lot. I fell sick. In other words, I became less useful and he dumped me out on the side of the road. Does that make sense to you? Who is your master? He said, I fell sick. In other words, I became weak. I became weak uh, or, or I became sick. I became diseased, the word sick here in the uh, Hebrew. Or it also means uh, to become sorry. Ooh. I became sorry and so he left me on the side of the road. Ooh, people don't really tolerate stuff, do they? Again, in other words, this man could have said, I'm a slave of a champion who shows little mercy. He left me here, but consider this now that it was his sickness or that, uh, consider that it was his weakness that broke the ties or cords off the master from him, his master's ties from him. It was his weakness that actually freed him from the control or rule of that master. Because if he'd still been strong, he would have been with him. So sometimes, understand something, we often pray about our weaknesses. Yes, Lord. God, I'm weak in this area. I don't know why I do that. Yes. Lord, I pray, and I pray, and I pray, and I pray, and I'm still the same way. Amen. I'm still weak in this. Yes, Lord. Why are you leaving this weakness in me? I've told you guys several times about my testimony with stammering. Some of you know, testimony with stammering, and I pray, 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 God, why am I still stammering or stuttering in certain events and times? he'll leave, sometimes he'll leave a weakness in place so that you can be delivered from something else. Amen. As Paul, or as Peter prayed, Lord, uh, deliver me from this thorn in my side. Take it away. He asked the Lord three times. He just said, I'm not going to do it. My grace, rather, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. We can go through life cursing a weakness, but maybe that weakness God uh, uh, left in you so that you can be delivered from something else. It will not always be the case. This was not a perpetual sickness in this man's life. He was going to get better. And this weakness in you is not a perpetual weakness. You will overcome it. So if you have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and maybe this servant while he was in, the, uh, while he was in his master's employ, knowing how his master is, maybe he said, well, I got a cold. <laughs> I'm okay, master. I'm okay. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, God, please help me not get sick. Please, please, please. You know, he did the last one. <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> I can't go, master. What? Boom and rolls over to the side and is kicked to the curb. But it's his weakness that granted that God used to grant him his freedom. Does that make sense to you? Oh, there's so much more than that. And so that was the question David asked him. Who are you? Who is your master? He's a great man, but he doesn't take a lot. He's not merciful. Second question that uh, David asked him, where have you been? Really? Where have you been? And what are you basically, what are you doing out here? which comest thou? Where have you been? And what are you doing out here? You're a servant. You're half dead laying there on the side of the road. My men find you. The 400 men find him and bring him straight to David. Fallen man is brought straight to David. Remember uh, David is a symbol or type of Christ. They brought fallen man to Christ. All right. To David in this case, are you hearing me? He said, uh, where are you? Where have you been? So the second answer here, I want you to see this. He said, we made an invasion. Now, this is very important that you understand this. We made an invasion. An invasion means to strip. Uh, It means to invade. It means to strip off, Uh, to make a dash. It means to raid. It means also uh, to conquer and take anything that is of value. Strip away anything that is of value. The raiders. They go in, they see things that are valuable and they take it. Alright? Now understand something. They go in, they see things of value and they take it. Now I want you to notice, look, look at the very wording of this here. Uh, let's go back into the text and look at verse number 14. He says, We made an invasion. The next two words are, next word is upon. Say upon. upon. I want you to see this now. What does invasion mean? Invasion means you go in, you find things of value, and you strip it. You take it. You take it. All right? He says, we made an invasion, what? Upon, upon the south of the Cherethites. And what? Upon the coast, which belongeth to Judah. And what? Upon the south of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. I wonder, maybe there wasn't that much valuable in (laughs) Ziglag. There's nothing here. Let's just burn it and take the people and go. Somebody asked the question why they mess with my stuff? Why they steal from me? I ain't got nothing. Why they burn my stuff down? They found in all these other places, they took things that were valuable, got a zigzag. It does not say they invaded zigzag. It says they just burned it up. Are you hearing? And have too much, they, but they had family. Yeah. Amen. But this whole thing is about to change Amen. very shortly. So they took. Uh, from the Terethites, all all that was valuable there. And they took from Judah all that was valuable there. And they took from Caleb all that was valuable there. Three cities, three major cities, they took everything that was valuable and they were storing it up. Are you hearing? Oh, this is thrilling. I pray you're hearing this. This is thrilling. Now understand something. The name of every place that they invaded has spiritual significance. The word cherithites means executioner. These are some tough people. Executioner. But execution not only means to kill, it also means really to get things done, to execute. That is to put plans in motion, put in action. To get it done. So they took the get-it-doneness, if you will, from the Teraphites. Judah, of course, means praise. The ability to have extreme joy, overflowing joy, no matter what the circumstance is. So they took the ability to get things done. Now, if someone takes your ability to get things done, what does that mean for you? You're going to sit down and do nothing. You get up and go, has got up and left. And now you see yourself facing the position or in the place. I got nothing to do. I just sit here. No vision, no insight, just sitting around. Because your ability to execute an action has been taken. Your pep has been taken. And then from Judah, they stole their praise. The ability to rejoice in God, no matter what the circumstance was like. So now you got, you take your praise. What are you left with? Depression. So now we find somebody that has no pep, no ability to do anything, and they're depressed. Amen. Amen. And then they also went down to Caleb. The word Caleb means dog. Berk, berk, berk. Probably big dog. Who,. hoo, hoo. Dog symbolizing really a dog, when you give him something, he's going to hold on to it. I'm not sure if you play with a, with a dog with a bone, you know, you play them with a thing. Ar, They're going to hold on to it, hold on to him. Yes. This word dog here really talks about tenacity, your ability to hold on to a task, to see it to its completion. Yes, yes. Your ability to stick with something. Yes. So now we see someone that, that can no longer execute any plans. Just sitting around, and they're also, their praise has been stolen, so they are depressed and they can't stick with anything. Go ahead, go ahead. All that has been stripped away from the land. Mm. Been stripped away from the land. Now we know naturally it's also gold and silver and things of that nature that has been taken. We're not taken away from that, but I need you to see also the spiritual significance and how it relates to us today. Because the fact that David got some money over there, okay, great, David got money, but how's it going to relate to me today? Have you lost your ability uh, to execute a plan? Are you just sitting around? You can't accomplish anything anymore. Have you lost the ability to... Praise God, no matter what the circumstance or situation. They talking about me, but praise Jesus, praise Jesus, praise, praise Jesus. Jesus, praise Jesus. <laughs> Sir, the soup, hey, it's not bothering me. I have the ability to praise God no matter what the circumstance. Amen. Have you lost your Caleb, your your ability to be like a dog, to be, like, be tenacious, to hold on to something and finish something when you start it? I can finish it. I'm a finisher. And then, of course, they burn ziglag with fire. Are you understanding something? So a lot of things were taken. He said this was the path that we took. First, we began to strip the people from their ability to, to execute things, to, to complete an action or to start on an action. Execute really means to start on action. We stopped their ability. We stole their ability to start. We stole their ability to start. Mm. We took it away. And then we went on down and we stole their praise. Mm. Jesus. So now they can't start. And now they're always depressed. Mm. Devil said, I got it. And then we went ahead down to Caleb and uh, we stole their ability to hang on to things. Jesus. Jesus. And now they can't start anything. And you'll find out further on down the road, what's the devil doing with these things? He's down there dancing and drinking and and all that stuff with everything that he has stolen. Meanwhile, there's a people now that can't start anything. There's a people now who's always depressed. And there's a people now who can't stick things out. They can't see it to the end. Stolen by the enemy army. Oh, I told you there's so much in here. So these are things that we are pursuing, overtaking. These are things that we will recover. You will be a starter again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And you'll praise God no matter what the circumstance. It won't bother you anymore. Roll off your back. You got a praise on your heart. It is overflowing. Hallelujah. And you'll be tenacious and you'll stick with things. Hallelujah. I wonder how many people have made New Year's resolutions. He may have started it, but could just stick with it. That's a real problem, isn't it? You may be able to start something, but can you stick with it? These are things that we are recovering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, this word is good. This word is good. So we find out here the first two questions that we see here today. Uh, who are you? Who's your master? Well he 's a cruel man. He's a cruel man. He's a big man on campus, but he 's a cruel man. He, he leaves people for dead. I got sorry. I got sick. I got weak. I lost my value. And he talks me to the curb. Glory to God. And what you doing out here? Where you come from? We went down the coastline and we stole people's ability to start. We stole people's ability to praise. We stole the ability to hang on to stuff. We, and then we burned zigzag with fire. Glory to God. Really? Huh. Next question David asked him is, Can you take me or can you bring me down to this troop or also translated it says can in the King James version but it's also translated will you can you take me to where the enemy is or will you take me to where the enemy is now I want you to see something because this is powerful this is powerful here's a man that knows where your family is You don't know what has happened to your family. Here's a man who knows where your stuff is. Here's a man who knows where your tenacity is, who knows where your joy is, who knows where your get up and go has gone. Here's a man who knows it. Most of us wouldn't be asking him, can you take me? Will you take me? be more of a command. You're going to get up and start going, and you're going to take me here. You're going to do this. Amen. But look again at the kindness and mercy of God. That's right. Amen. Because David knows the word of God. God said, you will recover without fail. In other words, if you help me good, if you don't good, I'm still going to get everything that, that God has for me. Amen. I'm still going to get it. No man is going to stand in my way. No woman is going to stand in my way. If you won't help me, then get behind me. Are you understanding? God's word and God's plan is not bound by a man. It's not bound by any person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for us to stop blaming people. Stop blaming. If they would just do this and if they would just do that. No, if you've got a word from God, if they help find, if they don't find, it will still be accomplished. And when you're talking about people and you're blaming people, you're going to always be mad. Because you're going to always think that they could have done more. Are you hearing? People can't do it. But even if they could, or they would if they could and they don't, it won't stop me. It won't stop you. Amen. Because you've got a word from the Lord. Amen. Understand something again. In order for David here again to ask ask this question, this is a very vital question. My family's at stake. Your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, their future is at stake. You have no idea they have been kidnapped. Yes. Yes. You have no idea what's happening to your wives. Around all these marauders, you have no idea what's happening to your daughters. Yes, yes. No idea, especially these days, what's happening to your sons. Right, right. Yes. You have no clue. That's right. That's right. Jesus. They pulled up in the van and they took him. They snatched him away and you have no clue where they are. You don't know what's going on with him. Mm. All you have is a word from the Lord. Yes. You will recover all. Yes. And then here's somebody who knows where they are, and you ask them? Oh, please, sir, would you take me to where they are? Would you lead me to where they are? That wouldn't be part of God help me. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But David is showing once again the character of Christ. Christ is a shepherd. And he is one who will give you a choice. God can make you do anything he wants, but he won't. That's right, that's right. Mm, oh, yes. God can make us all do anything he wants. He's big enough. He's, he's good enough. I would say he's bad enough, but I'm not saying that. He's, he, he's got the strength and power. David had 400 seriously motivated killers. Any one of them, he could have said, "You, you oh, you want to tell me? Okay. Hey, guys, I got an announcement. This man knows where your wife is and your children is, and he's not telling me. Can somebody help me out? Oh yeah, David. Yeah, yeah. You go. Oh, you gonna tell us? Oh, you gon'. You understand what I'm saying do you? Amen. But instead of forcing him, he asked him, Amen. "One, can you do it? In other words, the word." Can, in the King James, denotes ability. Do you have the ability to do this? Also translated, will. Will you do this? In other words, will talks about a desire. Do you have the desire to do this? Do you desire to help me recover my family? Or do you have the ability to help me recover my family? So something would happen. Something needs to happen here to motivate this man to become, to come on the Lord's side. What does this man need to motivate him either to strengthen him if he doesn't have the ability or to give him the desire if he does not have the will? Amen. Something has to happen here. And listen, this is going to happen with you because this man also represents help that you will need to recover all. Amen. You. you will come across people and I pray you hear this prophetically even now. You will come across people, even in this time, maybe some, a couple of weeks from now, or maybe a month or now, from now, you will encounter, or possibly even tomorrow for some of you, you will encounter some that can help you. All right, all right, all right. But don't get drunk with their help. Amen. Amen. Don't let them say, oh, you got all this money, you can really help this food bank. Oh, you really, you really can help this. No, no, no. God can use them, or he can use somebody else. Amen. You can really help my family. In other words, don't get so drunk or tied in with what what they can do. It's not them. It's God. If God chooses to work through them, great. Mm. But you need to have one of those take it or leave it attitudes. Because if you don't bless me here, my blessing is over there. Don't worry about it. It's okay. In other words, we don't need to go before them desperate. Desperate. Because you're not desperate. Amen. You've got resources at your disposal Amen. that you don't even see. Greater is he who's within you than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Young ladies, don't become desperate because some woolly head of man do turn you to. He don't call me. Well, hey, hey, hey. He doesn't understand that you're a queen. Woo, thank you, Jesus. And young men, do not become desperate. You're kings. And you have a God-given assignment. Are you hearing me? Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A little, let's go a little bit further before we close out in just a few moments. I really want you to see this. So David here puts himself in a very vulnerable position when he says the word can or will. In other words, he gives the man the ability or the right to say no. The moment he didn't demand it, he gave the man the ability to say no. No. So again, what would motivate this man? What would motivate him or give him the strength if he didn't have the ability or give him the desire if he didn't have the will? What would motivate him? I'm glad you asked that question because he said to him simply, I'll help you if you swear to me. Let's look at that again in the text. Are you with me? Look back at that. Look look at it again. He says in verse 15, And David said to him, Canst canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company. What would motivate this man? What would motivate the people that could potentially help you? He says, swear to me. In other words, make an oath to me by God that you won't one, kill me. In other words, after you get what you want from me, you won't cast me aside like my old master did. Pray, uh, say to God that you solemnly swear, just like in a courtroom, put your hand on this Bible and do you swear to tell the whole truth, uh, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but truth, I do. So help me God. In other words, on penalty of receiving the wrath of God upon your life, promise me that you won't kill me after you get what you want from me. That you won't cast me to the side and promise me that you will not take me back to my master because I I can't go back. I know what he was like and I I can't go back. I can't do that anymore. So swear to me. Make me a promise and let God validate this promise because I can't go back. Don't kill me and don't send me back to my master. Understand it? you understand. So he said, I want you to, to swear to me, make a solemn promise. Assure me, give me the assurance that you will honor God. And see, that's what they need. That's what the sinner man needs in order to come in and follow Christ. He needs the assurance that the church will always honor God. He knows where he has been. He knows what he has done. And now David knows what he has done. The other men know what he has done. They know that he is guilty as, that he is as guilty as sin. He is guilty. He was part of the ones that took your families away Part of the ones that took your stuff away. he's the reason why you're out here in the first place. Oh, yes, he is guilty. Oh but he's asking David to simply uh, take away, take away uh, the sin from my life or, or take away the judgment from my life. Yes. Allow me to walk freely through the camp yes, because that's exactly what he's saying. If you agree, David, that you won't kill me, if you agree, David, that you won't take me back to where I once was, then I will walk among the camp. This man now has the ability to walk among the camp without fear of death. He is free now to walk among the righteous without fear of death, without fear of reprisal, because he has a word from the king. The king said, nobody kill him. The king said, he does not go back to his former master. So how does this translate to us today? As we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, there are certain things that we've asked him, Lord, whatever you do, if I mess up in sin, don't throw me away. Don't throw me away when I mess up, if I get sick, if I get weak and I fall in temptation, don't throw me away. And Jesus says, yes, I promise I will not throw you away. And we say, Lord, whatever happens, Lord Jesus, don't let me go back uh, to where I used to be. I don't want to serve the devil anymore. I don't want to have to do that. And Jesus says, yes, I promise you, you won't go back under the devil's rule or control or domination. I've got you now. Yes, i promise Promise, Amen. And so now we can walk freely among the righteous, Amen. knowing that we are guilty, but we're also forgiven. Hallelujah. I'm also forgiven. Hallelujah. I've got the word of the king. My sins have been washed away. Hallelujah. And so now he can walk among them. But he says, I can't go back. You promised me. You won't send me back. I can't go back to that old lifestyle anymore. I, I can't go back to the old way of doing things. I can't go back to the old relationship. I can't go back to that old job. I can't go back to that old place. I can't and I won't. Some people would say I'm done and I won't go back. Kill me now because I won't go back to that anymore. So what would give this man the, again, either the ability or give this man the desire to show David where his family is? That's the promise. The promise of what? You won't throw me away and promise that you won't take me back to my old master. I don't want to do that anymore. But what happens? David, of course, gives them the word and they go out to recover all we'll stop there for today let's give God a hand of praise amen we're done Hallelujah. Hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah well well that's it my friends for this recorded message thank you so much for hearing this audio cd now here's the next step take the cd out and share it with a friend And don't forget, there is a QR code, that is quick response code, on the front of the CD. Well, you just take your smartphone out and you scan that code and guess what? You'll install the Kingdom Rock app right on your mobile device. And in the Kingdom Rock app, uh, it's available of course in the Android market and iPhone and you can have the web app if you have another type of phone. Well, once you scan that code, you'll have access into our entire archive of messages. There are probably hundreds or thousands of messages there that you can hear, and they're made new and fresh, uploaded fresh every single week to the glory of the Lord. So I want you to take advantage of that. It's going to be a blessing to you. All right. Well, before we go, I want to just say a word of prayer over your life, and I pray that God will richly bless you. Would you take a moment and pray with me? Oh, wonderful. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Father, I thank you for my friend that is right now listening to this audio CD. I ask you to bless them and cause your light to shine upon them and cause them to see better days, cause them to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. And Father, I pray that the power of darkness would be broken off of their lives and that they would see Jesus plainly brightly and victoriously in their own lives bless my friend today i ask father in jesus name amen and my friend if you have never received jesus christ as your lord and as your savior you know here's a good time to do it so just continue to play the cd and i'm going to lead you in the prayer of salvation and of course there is no magical words no magical words that will get you into the kingdom of god But this short prayer of salvation can start you on the way. Then after we're finished praying, do me a favor. Look for a good local church, a good Bible-believing local church that will help you in your spiritual growth and development. Get baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. And I pray that you will be filled with God's precious spirit. And remember, if you're ever in the Bremen area, you're welcome, more than welcome, to stop by and worship with us. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Just check our website for more details at www.kingdomrock.org. All right. Are you ready to pray? Let's pray. I'll pray for you and then you just repeat after me. Okay. Father, your word declares that those who come to you, you will in no wise cast out. So, Lord, I'm bringing my friend to you right now, regardless of where they've been, regardless of what they have done. I know that the blood of Jesus was shed on their behalf. And you want to forgive them. You're waiting to do it. And I ask you that you would hear us as we pray. All right, my friend. All right, come on, let's pray together. And just say with me, Father, I admit that I have sinned. I have done wrong. I have fallen short of your plans for my life. But I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is a savior of the world. And I may not know how everything works, but I do believe. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to fill me and to make me yours. And I will serve you all the days of my life as you show me how. I need you and I thank you for washing my sins away and making me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, I believe that that is the start of a wonderful relationship between you and God the Father. Continue in his rich word. And join us next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio. We love you now. God bless you.